Welcome to Ask the Dean. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I'm the co-founder of MAPT. I'm joined every week by Rachel Grubbs, the other co-founder of MAPT, who has 20 years' experience in the pre-med and test prep world, and by Dr. Scott Wright, former executive director of TMDSAS and former director of admissions at UT Southwestern Medical School. Ask the Dean is a weekly Q&A we do live exclusively for our MAPT members, and this podcast is a recording of that session so that everyone can benefit from that knowledge. Let the knowledge flow. Ask the Dean, episode 76. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, one of your four, one of four co-hosts with you. Uh, we're here every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined by the marvelous MAPT team with Dr. Scott Wright. How are you doing, my friend? Howdy, howdy. Doing well. Doing well. Excited about all the uh, good questions we're going to get today, and uh, we'll respond to them. So this is one of my favorite times of the week. It is one of my favorite times of the week, one of my favorite times of year. Uh, so thank you for being here, Dr. Scott Wright, former director of admissions at UT Southwestern, former retired, rather, executive director at TMDSAS, big man on campus, you are known as, <laughs> uh, Verinia Granum, our newest MAPT member, former assistant dean in the pre-health and STEM advising yeah. office at Hofstra, Hofstra University. Did you guys say it like that? We're like, we're Hofstra. <laughs> we're like the Harvard of Long Island. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just, just Hofstra. Okay. The just pride. The, um, the pride. Yeah. So I feel like I need more titles after my name, after that intro to Dr. Wright. I need a couple more. <laughs> Fabulous. Queen of the universe. Oh, I go. like that. Done. There you go. Done. There that you is go. it. Done. Queen of the Rachel, universe. Rachel, make a banner. Quick. Queen of the universe. <laughs> Queen of the pre-med universe. There you go. Happy to be here with you all. That's my favorite funny. team. Yes, yes. I'm excited. Uh, and MAPT co-founder Rachel Grubbs, MCAT, test prep and pre-med extraordinaire, my favorite word. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, my friend? Good. I was uh, busy writing a banner, so it <laughs> took me a second to you. find my own face. <laughs> I was like, wait, somewhere we have a banner for my name, but hey, guys, I'm Rachel. Um, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm great. I, Ask the Dean is, is uh, definitely my favorite or one of my favorite parts of my week. It's, it's always good. Yes, yes. Um, All right. If you're watching on Instagram Live, we are taking questions over at premed.tv or mapped.tv. Those YouTube comments come right into uh, our live stream. We can pull them up and answer your questions. That's what we do here for the hour. We answer your questions. So go ask questions or else it'll be a boring hour. (laughs) Listening to Scott sing. You don't want to do that. (laughs) What? (laughs) I really thought you were going to belt there for a second. I know, right? <laughs> I, like, I won't punish you. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, uh, jump in. Our first comment here. I volunteered as an EMT and have 250 hours, but quit to focus on my MCAT. As per your suggestion, I tried picking up fewer shifts instead of quitting, but the times don't work for me anymore. Mm-hmm. It's very common common uh, problem that students have, especially around MCAT prep, is I don't have time, and the thing that I can cut out is the time that I'm doing getting clinical experience, getting shadowing, getting research. And there's this fear, maybe rightfully so, that 
you stop something cold turkey, what does that look like to an admissions officer? Mm-hmm. Scott Wright, what do you think? Well, I think it's a valid concern uh, on the part of the student. Um, I think that admissions committees want to see um, your ability to multitask and to do a number of things at once because you're going to have to do that in medical school. You can't, in med school, you can't just stop doing everything else because you've got an exam and something or, you know, whatever. So, so that's the biggest concern. I don't think it's a huge concern. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, what they want to see is the, the, the clinical hours that show that you know what you're getting into, that you, you, and, and I think it really, what, what really that emphasizes is the need for substantial reflection on the uh, clinical work that that you do have, Carrie, and uh, and really working working that reflective activity uh, into your personal statement and into your activity descriptions, so that it's very clear that even though you had to quit to concentrate on the MCAT and maybe classes or whatever else you've got going on, that you really are thinking deeply about these uh, interactions that you've had. Uh, when you were able to to do the EMT stuff, so so I wouldn't worry about it like over the top, um, but I, I do think that you know uh, best of all worlds, uh, or the the word I like to use is optimal. You would be able to pick up some shifts, and so I would keep plugging away at that. And you know, if you can pick up a shift every now and then, uh, do it. Uh, if that's not possible, then just do what you can do. You know, obviously you need to do well on the MCAT and, and that's, that is a priority. So, um, you know, you, 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 the only thing you can do is what you can do. Yeah. That's it. All right. So um, for this next question, this actually got asked right at the end last week and we didn't have time to give it um you know, the justice that this question needed. So I did let it go, but the student has asked again and I'm, I'm glad. So I want to put this up and Ryan, I'll let you read it. Um, RM hope everyone is well. Last week, the team suggested private practice for clinical experience, senior partner attempted sexual harassment. I'm scared this will happen again. Suggestions. Wow. So, um, <laughs> Who wants to take this one? I'll go first. I'll go first. I I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Ren. You're welcome. Um, Yeah. Uh, I'm not an expert. I have some experience with this. So first of all, RM, I'm I'm really, really sorry that happened to you. It is never okay. And it's in no way your fault. Um, So you have to first and foremost do whatever you need to do to be safe and well. Right. So um, if there are multiple senior partners, you might consider talking to another partner. Um, But and I mean, if I were that person's partner, I would want to know. Right. I would be horrified and grateful for the information. Um, And I would say that that's like one possible path to take. And the reason I'm not saying you have to do that is. Um, your wellness is the most important thing. The benefit, if you feel brave enough and comfortable enough of telling either another senior partner or even just someone else at the firm that you think can help you advocate is that if it happened to you, it probably happened to other people, yep. right? Yep. So if if you can tell someone there, 
I think that's great. Um, if you can't, if you just have to get out and walk away, then, then don't feel too much guilt about that. Just do what your safety comes first, right? So so that's that's kind of with this particular scenario. Um, and then I don't, I don't want to sound cold, right? But I want to get back to the first part of your comment, which is we suggested private practice for clinical experience. This kind of thing shouldn't be happening anywhere. This kind of thing is not specific to private practice, right? So absolutely don't put yourself in any place where you aren't safe, right? That said, one really bad experience, and it was a really bad experience, doesn't change the fact that you need clinical experience. And if you have tried every hospital in the area, then yeah, you probably still do need to be checking local private practices, local nursing homes, other places where clinical experience is available in your area. Um, there's no reason you have to do it there. You know, there's no reason for you to stay and try to make that place better if you don't have the, the emotional bandwidth. And it may not even be possible. Um, typically, people that, that perform harassment are serial users, right? So there's no need for you to do it there. But you're still going to have to find it. And I don't think being at a hospital makes you safe. And I don't think being at a private practice guarantees that you're not safe. It doesn't work like that. There are bad eggs and good eggs everywhere. Um, I'm going to stop there because that was a lot of words and see if the others <laughs> want to chime in. <laughs> no, you're right on, right on the money. There. I agree. Um, I'm so sorry that RM, you had to deal with this, but as, as Rachel said, you know, your, your safety is the first, obviously the first um, priority, um, you know, and, and if it means you have to leave that practice, um, find, you know, clinical experience elsewhere, then, um, that's fine. Um, it's a little scary. I, I, I imagine talking to someone else in the practice while I agree with you, Rachel, it's, uh, it's probably someone that, you know, they've gone through it too. Um, and if you're not ready for that, you know, you have to decide what you can kind of handle. Um, but if it's not what you want to deal with, then it's okay to look somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. <laughs> Good for you for asking. It's hard yeah. to even bring that stuff oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Mohammed asks, uh, are non-traditional paths becoming more common than traditional paths? Treads are finding it difficult to complete compete with non-treads, so more end up choosing non-trad paths. So I, I want to understand the data behind the statement trads are finding it yep. difficult to compete with non-trads. Yep. What does that yep. mean? Yep. yep. With what? With hours, with GPA, with MCAT scores. It's a very broad statement mm-hmm. that I think one of the things that we try to do here is remove these kind of hyperbolic statements that mm-hmm. are thrown around Reddit and student Docker network and everywhere else and go, uh, that just doesn't make sense. That's not mm-hmm. true. That's not based in data. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's ignore the last part of the question and just ask the first part. Are non-traditional paths becoming more common than traditional paths? Scott, what do you think about that? Um, I, I don't think they're becoming more common than traditional pathways. I think they are becoming more common in general. Yep. Uh, you know, 25, 30 years ago, you didn't see this many non-traditional students. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but I think it's more, it's not as, um, rare as it, as it used to be. And, and so the consequence of that, I think, is that admissions committees are much more used to dealing with non-traditional students and kind of the, the difficulties that sometimes their applications present. Uh, and so, and so, and that's a good thing for non-traditional students. Uh, so, but I do not think that, any, you know, I think that the majority of stu- the majority of applicants these days and in my view in the foreseeable future will continue to be traditional students traditional pathway students yep yep um yeah wmc's last study said average age of a matriculant was 24 and averages are real Mm -hmm. right those are deceptive numbers Mm -hmm. the other day on instagram i said averages are meaningless and someone was like what does that mean (laughs) i'm like oh i can't teach you a whole statistics course in an instagram (laughs) comment i'm just gonna not answer (laughs) right (laughs) but you know it doesn't mean that 90 percent of the students are two years out of college right right right. (laughs) means a whole bunch of people are 22 or 23 or 24 and then there are some people that are in their 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and i would love to see a median number there instead of that Mm -hmm. i'd love to see a median i'd love to see the bell curve (laughs) right yep yep um but it's also an interesting semantics things right because if there's enough people who are non-traditional then why would we call it non-traditional anymore yeah you know, so there's like, I mean, we don't have to go into more word nerd stuff right now. But, um, but yeah, I think the list of prereqs got a little longer with the change to MCAT, right? Biochem, psych, soch became more important. Mm-hmm. There's been increasing pressure on getting clinical experience. So just the, the list of to-dos mm-hmm. before you apply does seem, I wouldn't even say it's getting that much bigger. It's like people are more aware of how much of it matters, yeah. right? Like people yeah. are better informed. Yeah. Um, and I do think that there are some students that struggle to do that in four years and just take a fifth year. Um, but like like Scott said, I don't think that means so-called non-traditional has eclipsed traditional. I just right. think it's it's more well understood. It's more well known. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Can I can I ask a question from a, a pre-med parents group that that caused a lot of debate? Someone asked a question. Um, uh, and this is a parent and I won't give names or anything, but it said my, my sophomore is interested in med school, but will not get to take organic chemistry this year. Wondering if taking it over the summer at a university close to home has a downside. Do med schools care or would it be frowned upon? So Scott, I, I want you specifically to answer this and I'm not going to tell you what I said, but I want okay. you specifically, Dr. Scott Wright, former director of admissions <laughs> at UT Southwestern. Um, Taking a, a college during the summer at a university, they specifically said a university, not mm-hmm. community college, mm-hmm. um, closer to home. What are your thoughts? So uh, I think that's a really good question. And I, I think that my take on it would be optimally, I want to see all of the prereqs taken at your home institution. However, is it acceptable to do what you've described in this question? when they're home for the summer taking it taking organic at a university i think it's totally acceptable 
not probably optimal, but it's something that I think that a student could easily, if a question came up in an interview, for example, uh, the student could easily say, you know, especially with chemistry, boy, you got to keep that sequence going. And if you get behind, it just throws everything mm -hmm. off. So, um, so I, I think that I would actually prefer to see the student making it in the summer uh, to be able to go on in the fall and spring to the next level courses than having to wait and be off sequence uh, completely. So I, I don't think it's a problematic uh, and it's very explainable situation. What are your thoughts on pre-health committees not quote unquote allowing that student to do that if they want a committee letter? Hmm. That's kind of cheesy to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? To, to oh, look at Grady's face. I love it. It's so mean. Like, I know. Why? I know. I know. Why? I know. It's, you know, I, I think some of these committees, and, and I used to run a committee, and so I get it. But, um, you know, they have all these rules set up because they're so concerned about having the medical schools feel like their process is legitimate. It, it has mm -hmm. legitimate you know, outcomes and, and that, that the med schools can trust what they say. Um, but I, I think that sometimes there's these hurdles set up in mm -hmm. the committee process that are just stupid. So, <laughs> okay, good. All right. We're aligned. <laughs> Figured we would be. Let's just, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts though, Ryan, regarding taking it in the summer. Well, I, I think in, in my mind, taking it in the summer Big picture, not an issue, mm. right? Take the class, do well. Yep. There's a potential issue. We've talked about this before. Of, uh, is there a pattern of mm. running away from your main mm -hmm. institution because you feel like their classes are hard and you go and take them at other institutions? Um, that's a bigger problem than right. I was home for the summer and it was just easier. I got to go home. I didn't have to spend money being away or spending money on rent or whatever. Right. Um, and so I got to take it at, at my local university. And, and, and me in general, I think local community college as well. Again, yeah, sure. acceptable, not optimal, but hey, whatever. Yeah. Um, my big beef, as I've <laughs> never been too shy to talk about, is with committees holding students hostage, yeah. um, mm -hmm. saying you have to follow all of my directions or else I'm not going to give you a committee letter. And it's a power play uh, in my mind of I hold all the power. You must do everything I say or else you're not going to get into med school because you're not going to get a letter from me. And that's what med schools want. And, and I just I don't like it. I think there's a huge amount of bias. Um, uh, because the, the, the advisor potentially wants, it's obviously not going into their pocket, but the tuition to go to their school versus another school, there's this kind of old thinking that only our institution has the brightest person in that field to teach this subject when information is a commodity now commodity nowadays right you don't have to go to harvard to get the best knowledge we have textbooks we have the internet we have everything we need right. to be able to get the same instruction anywhere now it's that interaction and how a person teaches and everything else that potentially makes a difference. So there's still this old school thinking of, oh, if you go to that school, their professors aren't as good as our professors. And so I'm not going to be able to trust that your A in that class is going to be as good as an A in our class. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then 
lots of other issues around disadvantaged students, uh, who has money to spend uh, at a community college versus not. And that's just bigger, bigger picture issues that I see in the whole committee process. Right. So just to make sure, uh, Ryan, you don't like this. Correct. Correct. Okay. okay. Just want to make sure you're, you're a little ambiguous there. A little, little ambiguity there. I just want to clarify. Yeah. So, and, and right. We, we have to, asterisks everything we say that there may be a med school out there that's like oh we really want you to take all of your prereqs at the same school and you can't do anything about that but we tend to talk big picture Mm -hmm. a far majority of schools out there and and the fringe schools that kind of go against what we say which is the best uh thing um we ignore them right (laughs) here you go all right is having been stationed somewhere in the military considered uh what's that last word i can't see it strong, um, ties. strong ties there you go strong ties um so dakota so let's say dakota is stationed in north dakota and they want to go to med school in north dakota is there a med school in north dakota or just south dakota i always forget i don't I think know. there's one in north dakota i think there's one in south dakota so let's yeah. say they're they're dakota stationed in south dakota but she's a resident of or he's a resident of florida um, South Dakota's med school is a, a public university. Is that is that strong ties? What do you think, Vernia? Um, I don't know, honestly, <laughs> with the military. I don't, you know, haven't had that much experience with students in the military. Um, I would think so, though. You're working there, right? You're part of that community. Um, now, well, I'm assuming this person is in the military, but were they maybe the the relative of a military? Someone that's stationed there? I don't know. Yeah. Let's assume they're active. They're active. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would think so. You're working in that community, like I said. Mm -hmm. You're engaged there for however long you're uh, stationed there for. So, yeah. Yeah. We have this (coughs) – excuse me. We have this kind of uh, arbitrary strong ties – statement that we give right of like what does that really mean and and uh is there a definition or is it just like this vague thing that we talk about and i and i think uh we talk about it but then students of course always want like definitive right very similar to well is it clinical is it not clinical (laughs) i don't know um and and so we get this question a lot about strong ties of like well, I, I go there on summer vacations every year, or I live there for one year, or I was born there, but we moved when I was two, or I graduated high school there. And and the answer is, it really just depends on the school. There are some states where if you graduated high school from that state, they will consider you in state, no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's just random stuff like that. And, and it's just going to depend. So I think the better question is, do you want to go to medical school in that state where you were stationed and worked for a little while? If you do, then apply mm-hmm. and explain to them why you want to go to their school. Yep. And don't worry about, is it strong? Is it not strong? Is it strong enough? Uh, and just apply. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. It's putting cart before the horse to do it the other way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Quick comment. 
got the A, and I have been watching all your videos. Thanks for all your woohoo, Frankie! So awesome. So the the A is acceptance. That's uh, kind of Reddit terminology. Yeah, uh, A for acceptance. That's awesome. Good job, Frank. That is awesome, Congrats. Frank. Congratulations. Love to see it. Love if we it. had like confetti that was coming down, that'd be cool. Here, here. Uh, okay all right magnolia asks ut tyler med school will start taking applicants in 2022 is there anything to keep in mind when applying to a brand new medical school our friend mckenna Yep. Um, asking about UT Tyler. Yep. So, yep. Um, I don't know if this is official yet. I, I asked Enrique recently. I, I sent him a text, and and it's still yeah, the, uh, out in the, the abyss. No, the uh, legislature approved it. Uh, well, L- LCME still has to. Oh, right. No, but prelim accreditation. Yeah, but the legislature doles out the money. See. Correct. And so Correct. it's, uh, it, you know, once the legislature does that, I think the LCME is it, it, a lot of hoops through. to jump through. It's a lot of ho- hoops to jump through. But, you know, uh, uh, the, the UT system has a good track record with okay. this. They've, we've had uh, two new UT schools in the past uh, eight to years or so. And so um, I, I suspect that UT Tyler will, will okay. be able to, to handle everything and, and, and pull through with, with, uh, with awesome flying colors. Uh, in my mind, what you need to keep in mind with a brand new med school is some students like the idea of being on the forefront of being able to establish and sort of set the character of a school. Hmm. And 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 have input in the into the curriculum and how things are going to work and traditions, you know, and all that stuff. And other students don't want to be guinea pigs. <laughs> and so I think it just depends on you as a student what your mindset is and what you really feel like uh, will will be good for you. Uh, and 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 you know, I would say. As with all Texas residents, I always encourage Texas residents to apply to every school in Texas, every school on the Texas app, and uh, and then see what happens and and go and interview there or you know whether it's virtual or in person, and see what you think. And if it's something that you know you really liked what you saw and all that, then then awesome. And if, if it kind of you know you were just really unsure because you you know there was just not much there or whatever then maybe that's not the right school for you yeah um i i think a lot of people are a little misinformed or just unaware of what it means to actually be a new medical school and who is running the school who are the faculty there and Mm -hmm. and i think there should be some assurances that the school doesn't just kind of grow out of the ground and all of these new buds are, are faculty there and, and just show up one day and go, okay, I guess I'm running a medical school now. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are people typically handpicked from other institutions where they have shown that they are leaders among their peers and they are, they are told or asked, right? We are starting a new med school here in Tyler. You have shown amazing leadership at the medical school that you're at now. Can you do that for us? Mm-hmm. And so these are people that have shown capability to, to do 
what needs to be done, which is why they get their prelim accreditation from LCME, which mm-hmm. leads to their full accreditation once mm-hmm. that full med school graduates, the first med school graduates. Right. Um, and so I, I think it's it, <clears throat> there should be less fear, less anxiety around being a guinea pig because these people know what to do. It's, this is not yeah. like the first time a med school has opened up. We, right. we, we know what to do. We, we, we are coming from other institutions to, yeah. to build something similar and better than where we came from. So, And in the case of, of, Ty, of UT Tyler, uh, the UT Tyler Health Sciences Center has been there for decades. Mm. Uh, they have residency programs there. Uh, so, you know, they're not starting from scratch. They're, yeah. you know, what they're starting from, they're starting the undergraduate medical education, uh, but they've had graduate medical education for a, a, a number, you know, like I said, decades. And so uh, they, they also have uh, rotations there for, um, for undergraduate medical edu- medical students, uh, so you know it's it, it, they've got a, a head start in in terms of the process over starting from scratch, and so I I, I feel quite confident that they're going to be that they're going to be uh, fine. Yep. Yeah, and I think we again look at the track record. We we've had a lot of new schools open up in the last yeah. decade, yeah. and all of them are doing just fine, right? Yeah. No school goes, uh-oh, we're not prepared for this. And then they shut down two years in. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, and I will say, um, I don't think McKenna's question implied caution, right? Right. Now, right. part of it is that I talked to McKenna outside of these things, and I know she's excited to apply to UT Tyler, mm. <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm right. not just guessing. <laughs> right, um, right. So the question is, is there anything to keep in mind, right? We just covered a big thing, which is, even though they're new, they're not new to the experience. They're just new to that edifice, that location. They're highly qualified. Um, Do we think there's anything else students should keep in mind when applying to a brand new school? Um, Like, for example, one thing I feel like I've heard about other students at new schools is one big pro is you have a chance to kind of impact how the culture unfolds. One potential con, depending on your personality, is there could be a little more stuff in flux. Yep. Mm. Yep. Um, and that, to me, and that, that's always exciting, right? Yeah. I like to go places that are still making Absolutely. decisions and be mm-hmm. a part of those decisions. Absolutely. And and that's why I was really emphasizing it depends on your own perspective on those mm-hmm. things. And uh, if you're somebody who likes the idea of, of being in on the ground floor of something and really he- helping to set the tone and you know, all that stuff, then this would be an awesome opportunity. Yeah. Cool. All right. We got so many questions today. I'm going to Tyler for Thanksgiving, in fact. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be there. Nice. Uh, let's see. We're definitely not going to get to everybody today. We got a lot of questions today. It's great. Yeah. Thrilling. Right. Um, here, let's do that. If a pharmacist decided today he wanted to go to medical school, what are the first steps he should take? Ooh, Virginia, what do you think? I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, first steps, um, take a look, obviously, at your classes. Take a look at everything you've taken. Uh, take a look at your transcripts, see where you are as far as um, the requirements, if you need anything. Uh, with pharmacy, I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry, I just read the banner. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, with pharmacy, uh, I don't know what your undergraduate major was, if it, if it included, I'm sorry all of the necessary prereqs. So you want to make sure you have that 
to start with. Um, and then, you know, then you start to plan out your, um, your journey uh, into prepping for the MCAT, um, taking a look and seeing if you need to add in more clinical experience since your pharmacy experience is probably not sufficient. Um, but I would start definitely by looking back and making sure that you've taken all the necessary prereqs. Yep. That's just step one. Step I agree one. with that. I would chime in a little bit more on the clinical, which is mm -hmm. if you're a pharmacist, so you're a career changer and you're probably making pretty good money because that's what career changers do. I would suggest that even if you do need to take some additional prereqs, it probably won't be many because right. pre-farm and pre-med are pretty similar, mm -hmm. that looking at starting clinical sooner than later. So mm -hmm. it's additional part-time clinical work or volunteer clinical work. Get yourself into a position. I mean, you are doing some clinical work now, right? You're probably counseling patients a lot. Um, but if you can get yourself in something where you're um, – doing something more oriented to the, the track of a physician, just make sure you really love it before you upheave your life. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would also suggest. Yeah. And the, the other thing I would say is don't go into it thinking you're going to get any credit in medical school for your pharmacy mm -hmm. education. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I've had so many st students over the years who were chiropractors or who were podiatrists or some other healthcare professional, and uh, they come into the process and say, what, you know, can I skip the first year or can I get credit mm -hmm. for having this, that, or the other thing? And the answer is almost exclusively no. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're not going to be able to, to do that. I didn't remember that I still had the Verenia variant up. Sorry. You can also be the queen yeah. of the universe, Scott. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I like that one. Oh, you are so I good. made my I own banner. Thank that. you very much. That's good. <laughs> All right. Oracle good of luck, admission. Michael. Yeah, there good you go. Luck. Oracle. I like the Oracle. That. <laughs> uh, the spoon was already bent. Right. You didn't. Isn't that in the Matrix? So if you didn't yes. bend the spoon, the little uh, bent around it? Or, yes. Um, the truth is, there is no spoon. There is no. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. um, what will really make you mad is if I didn't say anything about the vase at all. Right. <laughs> I can't wait for the new one coming out oh, soon. Oh, so excited. Yeah. Anyway. All right. All right. Another quick happy. Nicholas, hello everyone. No questions here to say. I got an acceptance last Friday. Love you guys. Good job, Nicholas. Yeah, love it. Awesome. <laughs> love it, love it. Love him, man. We need to do, uh, although I don't really like him as a person. Love it. Uh, um, not Nicholas. Not else. Nicholas. No, <laughs> no. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Dave Ramsey. Uh, he has the debt-free scream. I would love to, like, at some point, do like an acceptance type scream. Like, I got into med school. Yeah, it'd be fun. We can, you know, hit a gong or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah there cool. you go. Some All right. Uh, don't they have like some place, like some restaurants where you, if you order a certain dish, you get to <laughs> ring you a finish bell it? or something? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, oh, yeah. Ringing, when you finish ringing the dish. a bell is very, that's their tradition uh, on cancer wards. For cancer. When, mm -hmm. yeah. when you're, yeah. when you're mm -hmm. cancer free, yeah. you go home and you ring the bell. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Or if you finish yep. that 32 ounce steak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause, Which cause will lead to cancer later on. Cancer. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I there eat four go. pounds of a cow. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? 
Why, why did you turn I into a redneck? I uncontrollable I know. Why, why is um, it that every time, every time that happens, it's a Southern accent that comes out? Oh, yeah. Call me out on those biases, man. You are right. right. Thank you. That's That was totally unfair of me. Um, I appreciate the friend-to-friend call-out. Okay, so Nicholas just told us about starting one new stage of his journey. Let's talk about Nikki's journey. Nikki, 35-year-old mom of two boys, started my pre-med journey in 2015, but dropped out of college. I start community college in winter and will transfer out to a four-year institution. Am I too old or crazy? Um, Why isn't it am I too old and crazy? (laughs) Does it have to be or? Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, No. Yeah, you're not too old. No. And you're not no. crazy. The the biggest fear that I have is living with a regret. And yeah, absolutely. If mm-hmm. when you're 50 years old, you're going to be 50 years old. You're either going to be a doctor or you're not going to be a doctor. Which mm-hmm. one will make you happy? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's going to be a lot of work and your family's going to have to sacrifice a little bit and you're going to need some support from family and significant others and friends. Uh, throughout this process and the season that you are entering of your life right now where you're going back to school when you go to medical school when you're in residency that will be a very busy season for you mm-hmm. but people are doing it every day oh. every year right now yep so you can do it too you can with kids with kids yeah that's Absolutely. what i mean people are nikki, doing it right now i say i say nikki you go for it and uh, you're not crazy. You're not too old. And I totally agree with what Ryan said. I think, you know, the, the bigger issue is regret. And if you, if you don't want to look back 10 or 20 or 30 years down the road and think, what if, then you at least got to try. Yeah, there you go. Uh, 100% agree with everything everyone said. I will add two things. So one is your boys are going to grow up into men who understand that you as a mother are more than being a mother and that you invest in yourself. Yep. And that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we need doctors who reflect our entire country's population and, you know, single income, one person stays at home. Everything's easy. Families are a small percentage. I mean, no one really has it easy. Even, even rich people have challenges. It's hard to believe, right? But like, do the hard thing. Your patients will love you. You will get them because you'll have also done hard things. Yep. Yeah. I love it, Nikki. Good luck. <laughs> Keep, you know, let us know how things are going. Yep. Yeah. Be great to hear from you. Yeah. yeah. Keep in touch over the years. Yeah. And we need that. Um, I don't know if it's from what what movie it was from Waterboy or something where the guys in the, in the crowd going, you can do it. <laughs> Can we get that soundbite? I need, I need that. I'll yeah. get that. Right. Oh, what's yeah. his name? Schneider? Rob Schneider? I Schneider. Think it's Schneider. Rob Schneider, yeah. Schneider Rooney. You can do it. All right. Oh, let's do an academic dishonesty one. Hi, I'm a new grad respiratory therapist, but during my freshman year, four years ago, I got an academic dishonesty. Uh, institutional action in physics where I got an F and retook it and got an A. How do I redeem myself? Verenia, what do you think? You pray to the oracle. (laughs) The oracle Uh, of admission. (laughs) I think that you, um, you seem to have 
redeemed yourself along the, the way, whether you believe that or not, right? You've sort of made it to grad school, you're a respiratory therapist. So somewhere along the way, um, this experience, this IA didn't uh, just like completely throw you off track. I think what you need to do though is, you know, when the time comes, just explain it honestly, say what you learned from it, you know, what, you know, what you did, what happened, what you learned from it and how you moved on from it. And obviously you moved on from it, from it, right? You, you took it, you got an A. Um, so to me, in a way you've already redeemed yourself. It's just now if it, you know, if you had to explain it, you would just openly and honestly explain what happened and, you know, what you learned from it and how you did to improve or what you did to improve. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, Daniel, I would, I would further say that, um, you know, we, we talk about this sometimes is that timing is everything uh, and, or it's a lot. And so the fact that this happened in your freshman year is a, uh, it says a lot in, in, you know, ostensibly you've learned a lot since then. And uh, and so in the in the section of the application where you in include information about the IA, uh, you're going to talk about this is what happened and this is what I've learned out of that experience and why I'm a better, more, you know, uh, better person now because of having gone through this or whatever. And uh, and, and and so I, I completely agree with what um, what Verenia said. How do I redeem myself? It sounds to me like you've already done that. And that you you have already you know moved past that et cetera. So good good for you. Mm -hmm. Just uh, you know keep keep up the good work. I think in a in a separate uh, question, uh, Daniel gives us a little bit more information. Has good academic record and uh, strong MCAT score. And so just move on, Daniel. You, you know don't don't let this uh, weigh you down. Yep. As uh, the great Rob Schneider says. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Little compilation there. You're amazing. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, good one from Carolyn. Planning ahead for the letters of rec. Carolyn asks the physician whom I have asked for a letter of recommendation asked me to write down a list of all the things I do. Should I highlight clinical leadership or how I progress in the company? Tech supervisor manager. Awesome. So this is very common, right? You ask for a letter of recommendation and they go, give me a resume, right? Give me a, give me a CV. Um, that's probably all they want, but there's, there's probably no rules here um, for, for this. This is big picture uh, for mapped, right? We, we envision maps to be your letter of recommendation portal in the future um, to replace other services that are out there. Uh, because with the other services, you don't have all the information that you've already put into maps, like everything you're doing activity wise, your grades, et cetera. So that inside of maps, you go and request a letter of re recommendation from, from someone and they'll have access to all of the stuff you've put in. Uh, they can see your GPA, they can see your trends, they can see your activities. And obviously we'll figure out like, if you don't want to share that stuff, we'll, we'll hide that stuff, but um, it'll, it'll be a great thing for mapped users in the future, probably next year at some point, mm -hmm. but yeah, probably just a resume. Yeah. 
I agree with that. And, and I think for any student, you know, going into the – I think the best way to approach letter recommendation writers, people that you want to get a letter from, give them a an updated resume with, you know, everything that you've done, you know, whatever, just like you were uh, having – applying for a job, uh, have, a, have a, a nice resume available to them, and then give them a copy of your personal statement. Um, and because uh, that's going to fill in a lot of uh, of the spaces too, in terms of what you're doing and why, and, and and all of that stuff. If you've got your personal statement ready for them, you know, for them to look at, um, give give them those two documents, uh, email it to them or whatever, and that 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 gives them a lot of information to go on. Yep. Agreed. You want to make it as easy on the letter of rec writer as yep. possible. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah. Uh, I was just going to say as a, a kind of a follow-up, a very common thing that people try to do as well is they look at the AAMC core competencies and, and try to highlight some specifics around core competencies as well. Right. Which doesn't mean listing all 12. Correct. Right. Um, I think, uh, I can't remember who it was. Someone at a webinar I went to last year, another pre-health advisor, um, talked about thinking about your letter of recommendation team as like, this is a cadre of people who are going to represent all your assets, all your strengths, mm-hmm. right? So if you know you've really shined in a particular competency with this physician, there's no shame in saying, you know, like, could you comment on my perseverance? Yep. Could you comment on my emotional maturity? Could you comment on my teamwork? Like whatever the thing is, yep. um, you know, and um, if they've got doubts about that, then you don't, probably have the right letter of rec writer anyway. <laughs> um, so if you say that, that might be like, oh, yeah, now I understand what you want. Great. Yeah. Now that's the reaction you're looking for. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, I'm going to pull up a question here because this is very common this time of year. Uh, I've been accepted to one of my top choices. Congrats. I have also been invited to interviews for other schools. I'm considering canceling those to open up spots for other students. Is this the right choice? Rance, congrats on getting in to one of your top choices. That's awesome. My typical recommendation this time of year is if you've gotten into, and this is very similar, Scott, to like Texas's rank system. Mm -hmm. If you've gotten into your number three school and you've interviewed at your one and two school and every other interview coming in is below number three, then cancel them. Yeah. Right? There, what's the what's the reason of going now mm-hmm. if you're not sure your number three is your number three and you still have more questions then sure go to the interviews ask questions unfortunately we're, we're still in a situation where you don't get to go to the campus and explore and see culture and and kind of the vibe in person um but if if all of the interviews coming in are in your mind below the acceptance you already have cancel them the schools aren't going to take it personally say thank you but no thank you and as you mentioned it's it's opening Opening up up those spots for other students absolutely absolutely well and congrats integrity thinking there yeah Yeah. Yeah. good on you for doing that awesome Mm -hmm. for thinking that Mm -hmm. good for you all right so kind of uh on a similar thread then all right Kiana asks, I received secondary application, but I said not to apply for that specific school due to financial and academic stats. How should I respond to that school? So 
you just don't send the secondary, yeah. right? There's, there's no, um, I, it's, I think a good question because there's like, well, what's, what's proper and what is uh, kind of good manners around this mm-hmm. schools. It's, it's very expected that students get a little click happy when they're adding schools to their primary application and then just get super busy, run out of money, whatever for secondary applications and just don't submit them. So yeah. uh, the school's not going to care. They're not going to, mark your application or your file for next year when you potentially reapply. Hopefully you don't have to, um, and go, Oh, this person didn't send us a secondary last year and, and they're not going to, they're not going to hold that against you. No, no. So not to worry, Kiana. All right. One more kind of in this theme of I'm in a, if you're in the current cycle and you're thinking about communicating with schools. Yeah. All right. So Bella asks, how can we show the schools that we are interested in attending besides, Update letters. Also, what is the best way to find out about their events? The dreaded update letters. Mm-hmm. Hello, school. I am interested. Mm-hmm. Herenia, what do you think? Well, first, make sure that update letters are okay. Some schools don't really appreciate that. Um, yeah. And really only update them if you have something to update. Um, it's not a letter of intent. It's not, you know, an update letter is just for that. This is what I've done since my I applied. Um I don't, you know, beyond that, I think, you know, you, you don't want to hound them, right? You don't want to say, <laughs> hey, I'm still here. I'm really interested in you. Um, they know, do that. They do. They have your application. Um, and unfortunately, it's just a matter of, you know, you've done what you can at this point. Um, if you have something to update them with, then by all means. Um, but beyond that, I, I would, I would, you know, you're just going to have to wait. Um, yep. As to the second part of their question about the events, I guess just checking their websites, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the admissions office uh, often will notify you of those things, mm-hmm. you know, particular events or whatever. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And I wanted to dig into kind of one more thing here. So, how can we show the school we're interested in attending besides update letters? So that seems to assume, and Bella, I don't, I don't know what you were thinking, but it, it, it kind of, that question implies that you're meant to convey that. Um, applying conveys that, and also they know that's not why you didn't hear from them. And I don't mean that as like a personal thing to you, but there are so many thousands of applicants. They're not going, well, we're, we'll ignore that one. They don't seem that into it. <laughs> right like they're working through the interview slots they're doing batches of interviews at a time you you know people still do interviews november december january february even march but um the uh, like it this is maybe making it sort of sound flippant but if uh if someone asked you out and you said i don't know i'll think about it and then they called you four more times Right. You probably just think they were creepy. You're not going to be like, well, <laughs> now that I know this person's semi stalker, I'm super into them like that. That's just yeah. not, like I know it's really hard, but you just got to yeah. wait, right. yep. you know, like pick up, pick up knitting. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a great analogy. <laughs> Pick up knitting, go for a run, watch Netflix. You know the, my favorite thing to recommend. Do some yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, like you just got to wait. It's it's a hard time of year. And a lot of people are going, but I didn't get an interview yet. What's wrong? Nothing. I mean, it stinks, but you just are still waiting. Yep. All right. 154. We got time for one more. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, 
Can a Canadian student apply to U.S. medical schools or PA schools? How hard could that be? If I completed my bachelor's degree in Canada, would you guys recommend me doing a postback program in the U.S.? Yes, Canadians can apply to U.S. schools. Uh, it depends on the school. Uh, some schools consider Canadian students international applicants. Some schools consider Canadian applicants uh, non-resident uh, applicants, meaning non, non-state resident applicants, meaning you're an out-of-state uh, applicant, but not an international applicant. So you're a little bit higher up on the, the list. So um, do some Googling. I know there's some lists out there of Canadian-friendly med schools um, and just find the ones that you want to apply to and, and apply. There, there are some differences, right? A lot of Canadian applicants have less clinical experience, have less shadowing depending on what province you're in. Um, but yes, you can definitely apply. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, you know, depending on your um, degree program, your bachelor's degree, and how you did in your bachelor's degree program would dictate whether or not you need to do a post back. But yep. just because you're a, a Canadian, I don't think warrants you um, yeah. doing a post back program. No. Yeah, the, the general rule of thumb that we give about like most medical schools want to have like 90 hours of U.S. credits, mm-hmm. that Canada typically isn't included in that list. Mm-hmm. Um, the Canadian and U.S education systems are so similar yes. that med schools consider your your degree to be equivalent-ish to a, a U.S. degree, and yep. you don't need to do U.S. credits. Yep. That's right. That's right. So you're friendly. Uh, I want to throw this one up here as a follow-up to uh, McKenna's question earlier. Um, brand new med schools qualifying for financial aid. Now, I think I've heard this kind of through the grapevines. Um, I'm not sure what the official stance is. And I think potentially that's why a lot of new medical schools typically offer free tuition uh, for students, but I'm not sure. Scott, do you, do you know? I have never heard that before. So my okay. suspicion is that that's not accurate. Okay. Um, I think as long as you're in a public, as long as you are in a, an accredited program, you're going to be eligible for, yep. Uh, you know, federally subsidized loans and stuff like that. So I, I do not think that, that that would surprise me if that's accurate. Yeah. And, and you said accredited, and this is the word that always throws people off, right? This is very similar to here in the pandemic, right? Uh, mm-hmm. these, these vaccines had emergency use authorization, not mm-hmm. full authorization. Mm-hmm. Prelim accreditation is accreditation. Yeah. It's yep. just the process that schools have to go through, that the accrediting bodies have to go through. And schools cannot get full accreditation until that first class graduates. graduates. So even though it's a prelim accreditation, it's still accreditation. Yep. It still counts toward getting, you know, all the uh, benefits and stuff like that, such as, um, you know, veterans benefits or, you know, GI Bill things and stuff like that. It, it's, you're going to qualify for all of that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that was a good, those are a lot of good questions. Mm-hmm. Another ask the Dean in the books. Um, was there trying to, trying to think here. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Okay. okay now you, we're everyone. intrigued. Now yeah, right. I can't just right, drop it, it at that. Let it go. <laughs> no. um, uh, thank you, everyone. 
Yeah. Thank if you. Uh, you didn't get your question answered today, we're back same time, same place next week. So map.tv plus several other channels, mm-hmm. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then um, are you doing an Instagram Live this Friday, Ryan? Uh, Maybe. I think so. <laughs> most Friday. Every Wednesday we do Ask the Dean at 1 p.m. Eastern. And most Fridays on Instagram Live at Medschool HQ, you can catch Ryan for more Q&A. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the plan. Everyone have a wonderful day. Thanks for coming. All right. Bye. This is Dr. Gray again, closing out. I hope you learned something from our session today. If you haven't yet checked out Mapped, I invite you to try it for free for two weeks by going to mapped.com slash podcast. Track and navigate your journey to medical school using the only tool like it for pre-meds. We'll see you next week here on Ask the Dean.